Disclaimer. Explain It Me is a podcast hosted by two adults who drink in the safety of their own home. If you're joining in on the fun while listening, please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and know your limits. Stay safe and have fun. As you listen to episodes, you may hear us make mistakes like names of films, actors and actresses, as well as other unrelated facts. Please remember that we are both intoxicated while making the show and are aware of these mishaps. Please do not yell at the podcast while listening. We cannot hear you. I'm two and a half wines in. <laughs> I feel red. Can we get back to the movie, please? Kiss confusion. <laughs> oh, we don't know that yet. <laughs> Dad's disease. Explain it me. Explain. Explain it me. Explain it me. <laughs> Prepare my body for what's to come. What does that mean? More alcohol and food in like three hours. <laughs> Two. Well, compared to when we started and we were getting fucked up, I'd say that this is not so bad. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still trying to not die. Uh, Slow and steady wins the race, folks. No matter what anyone tells you. But Hobby Lobby is against abortion. What fuck the them. fuck does that have to do? <laughs> Did Hobby Lobby invent that quote? <laughs> the store? The craft store? <laughs> they love Jesus a little too much. Did Jesus make up that quote? Slow and steady wins the race? Yeah. Oh, he did? Okay. Quote. Jesus Christus. Jesus. Who's that sitting on the other side of the room? It's Donna. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> what kind of fucking weird ass Netflix show are you trying to manifest in my I don't life? Know. <laughs> um, Who's that girl over there? It's fucking Donna. <laughs> it's fucking Donna. <laughs> You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Across from is me. Is that my co-host? Yes, it fucking is. It's down. <laughs> it's the way it's you're down. saying my name <laughs> that's making me feel like I've been molested. <laughs> I'm a molester with my words. <laughs> down. <laughs> there's no there's no beat. It's just fucking all over the place. One time when Stephanie and I were at a hotel together, not because we were having an affair, but um, <laughs> she woke up in the morning and she's like, it's breakfast time. We gotta go eat. We're fucking hungry. We gotta go in. Don's blood sugar is low. My tummy is empty. <laughs> she just went on this whole fucking song. <laughs> Wait, how was it? It's breakfast time. We're gonna eat. <laughs> it's breakfast time. We're gonna eat. Don's blood sugar is low. Uh, what the fuck? My tummy. My empty tummy. I don't my know. Something. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I have something about my empty whatever. tummy. Yeah. <laughs> because on this podcast, I want everyone to know we only support breakfast. That is the <laughs> best meal. We all can agree, right, Stephanie? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. All right, bitch. God New damn. York has winds of like 30 miles per hour. So the air conditioner that's in Stephanie's apartment might fly through and hit me in the face and kill me. <laughs> I could not think of a better death. I mean, the, the, there has been people that have died from ACs falling out. Yeah, but you're on the first floor. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if you were to lay, even though it's only like, I don't know, eight feet, 
off the ground. Um, we unknowingly have created today as the Nick Cage Rama Drama Day. Jesus Christ is Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Did you ever hear the story about how Nicholas Cage and the lead singer of Motley Crue were on the strip of Vegas and a fan came up to them because she was excited to see Both either of or of them. Yeah. But she she rubbed the lead singer of Motley Crue wrong. I don't know his fucking name. So he punched her in the face. <laughs> So Nick Cage was like, man. Gave her a dinosaur egg? No. He was like, man, calm down. And he took him into a casino to calm him down and left the woman Here, there. gamble. Yeah. It'll make you feel better. Fuck that bitch. A, a plus. <laughs> That's like, because everybody, like that. everybody knows Nick Cage bought dinosaur eggs, bought pyramids, obsessed with Superman, mm. all that other shit. I don't know if many oh, people. I didn't know about the Superman thing. He actually. See, I was told to tell this, and I was like, no. So now I have to. Yeah. He is obsessed with Superman and got one of the studios to greenlit the idea of him playing Superman in the yes, next Superman movie. Yes, oh. Like, they did screen tests. They so They got out. the costume for it. Are you fucking kidding me? I would love. Now he can't act his way out of a paper bag because he I just doesn't try anymore. I would love to see him as Superman. Please, someone. Give him money to make this. That's never going to happen. Um, never say never. That's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to fucking make a post. <laughs> make <laughs> Nicolas Cage Superman. going to sign a petition? Yeah, I'm going to make a drawing of him. I'm just going to put his face on what's the last guy's, the, the most recent Superman's body. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a crime. You're going to get arrested or How stoned. is that a crime? Because Henry Cavill is beautiful. And to put it Nicolas Cage's now face over that? That's going to be great. No, I'm going to put the face from when he's a priest. In Face Off? In face we just did Face Off. Yeah. We talked about Stephanie's obsession with Nicolas Cage. The bad Nicolas Cage. I have a question for you. What's up? That's not to do with this movie. I don't find him if, attractive. No, no, no. <laughs> if you had to choose between that dude from Outlander, because I know you find him attractive, mm. Henry Cavill or James McAvoy, to sleep with one of them just for one night, which one would you choose? Who's James McAvoy? Are you kidding me? Dude, I'm drunk brain. He's He plays Professor X in the X-Men movies, but he's also been in Atonement. Oh. And... <laughs> You said that like it was disappointing. He's Scottish and he's beautiful. I thought you were going to say uh, Bucky. Sebastian Stan? Yeah. No, I mean, I find Sebastian Stan That would Stan be attractive. a better trio. Really? Oh, yeah. I Stephanie, he's Scottish. I'd be like, touch my body, you, you, and you. <laughs> I said you could only... <laughs> I said you could only pick one. I'm keeping oh. it... <laughs> Run a train on me. <laughs> I'm keeping it... Yes, is my answer <laughs> to in, anything. He was in Split, James yeah, McAvoy, yeah. but like, you know, I want—I would want him with hair, obviously. Yeah, no, he looks fucking weird, bald. Yeah. So, out of those three, you can only pick one. Who, who would you pick? One? Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman. Who's also in The Witcher, I think. He's, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, that's why. She likes that medieval shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you stab only, me with you your sword. Only, you can only pick one. Oh fuck. See, Highlander, not Highlander, Jesus Christ, Outlander. 
You want me to make it easier for you? You want to do fuck, marry, kill with the three of them? Well, so, okay, but I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking out loud now. Okay. Highlander dude. Out, Outlander. Outlander dude, goddammit. <laughs> Outlander dude is really fucking hot in Outlander, but his hairline is fucked. Okay. So I know my answer. All right, wait, wait, wait. Do I you would... want me... Wait, 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 wait. Before you give me your answer, can okay. I pull up a photo of James McAvoy to show you? Like what a he hot, looks hot like? photo? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Let me find a good one. It may be him when he's but, younger, but... But I, I feel like you already know my answer. <laughs> Probably. Nah. Really? You haven't convinced me. I mean, Jesus. I... He looks a little bit like your man's. You think that James McAvoy looks like my husband? His face, his the the shape of his face is similar. So who would you <laughs> go now? So, now okay. do your fuck uh, marry kill. Fuck marry kill. Okay, I would. She's gonna kill James McAvoy. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> mistake. I'm gonna fuck Outlander. Outlander and marry Henry Cavill. Yes, because everybody knows when you're married to them, you can still get the good. So you know that's what she's playing. I get it. You giving me the same one, or are you gonna switch up mine? Uh. Oh, God. So, yes. you, wait, are you switching it up? Or you give me the same one. No, I'm switching it up. Okay. So, Split. James McAvoy. Uh, Bucky. Sebastian Stan. If the last one isn't who I think it is, we're not friends anymore. Foreman. You don't want to say Killian Murphy? So, Split, Bucky, and... You no, know, that's so hard because... And Killian Murphy. I love all three of them, and I don't want to kill any of them. Can I just push him away? No, you gotta sacrifice one <laughs> of right, them. Fine. I would kill now. Wait, are we talking about what they look like now? I mean, I don't know what they look like right now. Now, <laughs> all right. But I like hottest. No, would... okay. You know what? Hottest them at any point. <laughs> this is Sophie's choice. <laughs> I gotta give my kid away to the Nazis. Is yeah. what you're telling me? I would kill Sebastian Stan. I would fuck Killian Murphy, and I would marry James McAvoy. <laughs> Do you want to hear something? Why? Because I just feel like he makes a good daddy. I don't know. Like you could switch them around. Honestly, they they are interchangeable. Do you know that they're both five seven? James oh, McAvoy. No, <laughs> James McAvoy and Killian Murphy are both five seven, and I feel like that's if God exists, that is a joke. They're both 5'7". They're both my height, which means I could beat the shit out of both of them, technically. Because that's, in my mind, that's what logic is. I could is. sit on you and hold you. So that went on a crazy tangent. Um, it did. Hello, Donna. Hello, Stephanie. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. That's good. We uh, are one and a half drinks in already. Feeling a little swifty. My voice is gone. <laughs> I think I'm, like, more tipsy now than I was when I, in the beginning of all this. I feel like I just heard a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> I am not freezing, but I am a little cold, but I'm also sweating. There's something That's wrong with weird. my body. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking weird. That's, That's me the all the first time. first sign of get Stephanie is like a radiator. She yeah. admits heat. So, I'm so gone. Are you done drinking your drink? No. I I don't have much. I feel like I'm ready. Let's Are do you it. ready? I've, All right. I've been ready. You don't got to get ready if you stay ready. Hey. <laughs> so back to the Nick Cage drama-rama-rama of 2023. Stephanie and I did not know we were both doing Nick Cage movies. Nope. I accidentally told her last night <laughs> what <laughs> movie I was doing. We have um, a, a sixth sense of Nick Cage-ness. 
I do appreciate a Nick Cage movie, not the way Stephanie does, but, you know, I'm about to introduce you to a different kind of Nick Cage movie. Because this movie is terrible. It touches upon subjects that most, I don't know how it's got made into a movie, but whatever. <laughs> okay, so my movie was Thriller. Yours is? Thriller. But, like, drama thriller? No. Psychological thriller? Sex thriller. Oh. I am doing 1999. Two years after Face Off. Yeah. Two years before. Now it's just a game to you at this point, <laughs> and you want to embarrass me. Listen, it's a theme at this point. 1999's 8mm. So the director of the... No, no, no. Fuck that. The writer of this movie. Well, the half writer of this movie. Okay. Which we'll get into trivia later. Okay. Is Andrew Kevin Walker... Who works closely or has worked closely with David Fincher, who, one tidbit of trivia, was signed on to direct this movie first. Okay. Or was, like, shopped around like we want him to do it. Yeah. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote Seven, which was directed by David Fincher. A movie called Brain Scan, which I've been told to do on this podcast. Never heard of it. And Sleepy Hollow, which was uh, written by Tim Burton. No, directed by Tim Burton, and he wrote Sleepy Hollow. It's with... Johnny Depp, and yeah. he's playing Ichabod Crane. I mean, it's a rewrite of the story. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a theatrical version of the the original story. Okay, so very strange list. Portfolio. Yeah. The director of this film is none other than Joel Schumacher. Who? Oh, my God. He directed <laughs> all of the Batman movies past Michael Keaton's time with all of the crazy... Ass shots, tits shots, stomach shots, groin shots you'll ever see in a movie. All the crazy, crazy All ones? the fuck, yes. He also, wait, cool. I have a list of his movies that he directed. Because I was so excited when I saw this because I'm like, when am I going to be able to mention this movie? <laughs> he directed Batman Forever and Batman, fuck, Batman, Robin and Batman, Batman and Robin, the one with um Freeze. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and holy shit, Stephanie doesn't know. I love how I, you're like. I know. I don't know what movie that is. This is, is that the, the one with, with the Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, that's Batman Returns. These, those are the Tim Burton ones. These are the ones that came in the late '90s. So Batman Forever is Val Kilmer playing Batman. Sure. And this is the introduction to to Robin. Okay. And his villains were Two Face, who played was played by Tommy Lee Jones, and the Riddler played by Jim Carrey. I was going to say there was a Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And then also Anna Schwarzenegger. The next one, which is Batman and Robin. I believe that's what it's called. I don't fucking know. That is played by George Clooney. And the villains are Mr. Freeze, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Arnold. And Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman. Yes. And you get Robin again and Batgirl, played by Alicia Silverstone. Those movies are fucking nuts. Whatever. This was before Christopher Nolan came in and did a different kind of direction. Take. Yeah. yeah. But he did those Batman movies. He did Falling Down, which I know Stephanie doesn't know that movie. Nope. He did The Lost Boys, which is a 1980s vampire teen movie. It's it's good. It, it sounds familiar. You probably know what it is if you saw a poster. He did A Time to Kill, which my husband hates, which is a movie my high school teacher tried to show us, but one of the people in my class was a sexual assault survivor, and he didn't know or sent a letter home to tell our parents that we were watching this. So th- immediately the movie opens up to a like a seven-year-old 
black child being raped by a gang of white men and oh, she flipped God. the fuck out and ran out of the class and then he got in trouble so that was like no more movies in american history class or u.s government i think it was well we watched gangs of new york in my class <laughs> he directed i didn't know this phantom of the opera what yeah i he also directed flatliners which is a movie i love and i think we've talked about before i've never seen it but i know it because mm-hmm. of you and here we here we go the piece de resistance he directed Phone Booth, starring Colin Farrell, and Sutherland. What the fuck is his Keith? last name? Keith Sutherland. Yes, yes. There See, is look, a- I know names. I know, hey. you guys do it. <laughs> this movie's going to make you do it. So, this podcast. So, the the one thing about that movie, I saw it when I was like 11. I shouldn't have been watching it, but whatever. <laughs> it's a movie about Colin Farrell getting stuck in a phone booth in New York City because there's a man who keeps calling and telling him, if you leave the phone booth, I'm going to shoot you. Or if you leave the phone booth, I'm going to shoot civilians. He's in a, a building where he can watch him, and he's telling him what to do. What the fuck? This movie's fucking crazy. Yo, like, the it's set not was cheap as fuck, man. Yeah. It's like that Hope- movie where uh, Ryan Reynolds is, is just in a box. They bury him alive. What movie is that? All right, don't worry about I it. I don't know what it's called. Grave? So, <laughs> there is, is a scene. Is it Ryan Reynolds? I think it is. <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. There is a scene in that movie where he is in the phone booth, and nobody knows that he can't leave the phone booth. So there are prostitutes in New York City who are like, get out of the phone booth. I need to what? use it. I need to call my John. Yeah. But he can't, and he won't tell them why. So one of them smacks the glass so hard she shatters it. And this is the best line in a movie ever. I will fucking kill somebody if they tell me otherwise. She slaps the glass. She's like, oh, you just made her my dick hand. (laughs) The best fucking line from a movie. I swear to God, because the fact that somebody sat down there and wrote it. Oh, that's good. I like that. The cast of this movie. We have, of course, Nicholas Christ Cage. Hallelujah. The late, great James Gandolfini. He plays Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. Oh, he's dead? Yes, he died like four or five years ago. 45 years ago? Four or five years ago. From what? I'm sure like heart problems. Catherine Keener, who I don't think you know who that is, but I know who she is, obviously. Peter Stromare, who I know who he is, but I couldn't tell you what he's from. And my favorite of all, Joaquin Phoenix. What is he from? Who? Peter Stromare. He's been, he's a character actor. He's been in a bunch of shit. Like, you know his face. Yes. He, is- he always <laughs> plays, like, weird bad guys. Yes, and I'll tell you right now, he probably plays the best character in this movie. Oh, shit. Okay. If I could find... I mean, there's more people in it, but they're not as famously known. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, cool. I just pulled up... Um, the letterbox of this movie to to read to you a review from the movie because it's fucking the best review i've ever read it's one (laughs) sentence so okay so donna has the fucking world at her fingertips why it comes to movies for me oh that's true because yeah you haven't seen a lot but there when it comes to our list of movies that we have there's a lot that i haven't seen are you ready for a question ready i'm ready all the time (laughs) Disability. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a <called> drunk. <laughs> Are you ready for a question, Stephanie? I'm always ready for the question. All right. You're married. <laughs> it's been 30 years. Okay. Your husband has died. 
Ow. You go through his shit. <laughs> and I find in, out he's a pedophile. In his safe. He has a safe. It's our safe. But okay. <laughs> it's 1999. Chill okay. with the women's rights shit. Okay. I mean, that's stupid, but yeah. You find in his belongings a snuff film. Now, I know we read that book. Yes. But don't think of that book. Okay. this movie came before that book. All right? It was inspired off of this movie? No, it's actually, there was other movies that apparently kind of had the same theme, and this came after that. I'm not going to debate that. You find the snuff film. What is the first thing you do? What the fuck? I would probably, okay, I'm fucked up. And I'm one of those people that are like... It is on 8mm film. It is not a VHS. I find a thingy that plays 8mm film. (laughs) A projector? Projector, yeah. I find that shit. I'm like... She's the artist out of the both of us, y'all. I just want you to know that. I mean, you can still look at it. You were saying that you could get a a projector to be able to put the film in. So your first thing is you would watch it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Absolutely. From there, what would you do? After... Depends on how fucked up it is. Give me a scenario, depending on what you're doing. Well, I mean, specifically, if it's... I'm thinking of the book that we read. Oh, God, I told you not to. (laughs) If it's something like that, which... I'll set the scene for you. There's a chick... (laughs) (laughs) Don't do this. (laughs) What would you do? Are you going to the cops, or are you calling Nick Cage? (laughs) Is Nick Cage my friend? No, he's a private investigator. Yeah, I might do that before I call the cops. You're a dumbass. Anyway. <laughs> okay. You call a PI. Fine. Because you have money in this universe, too, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if if I've known my husband for 30 years and nothing has ever sparked a thought where I'm like, yo, he likes watching That's snuff the worst. films. That's the worst. Because you... Oh, absolutely. Not knowing him. But I would... I would I mean, I might be wrong. <laughs> I, I've also obviously haven't been in this situation, so I don't know... But in this imaginary life where I have no debt, there... (laughs) (laughs) That's the make or break, folks. Yeah. I would probably want to do a PI just because... Because (laughs) ACAB. Because they would tell me everything that they're looking into, and then if I went to the police, they wouldn't tell me shit. Or I wouldn't find out for, like, years. That's a a respectable answer, and I approve. The movie opens a film <laughs> reel running. Okay. In a projector. Got it. Old timey. Mm hmm. We now see an airport in Florida. Nightmare. <laughs> okay. Nicolas Cage is running and smoking as he gets out of a taxi. Multitasking. I like it. And now he's in Miami at night at the like, club areas. Okay. I we mean, get the all sense of Miami is a giant club, so <laughs> we get the sense that you know he has a busy. Shit, he's busy. He's got shit going on, okay. But he has enough time to go clubbing. He's not going clubbing because that's not what he's really doing. So he's on a job. Yes. Okay. He has a camera, and then immediately we cut to another airport in Harrisburg. Where the fuck is Harrisburg? Don't ask me. I don't know. I mean, it sounds familiar, but he's a private investigator. Right now, his job is he's working for the senator of where, don't ask. And he's spying on her son-in-law, who is having an affair. Okay. What? His last name is Wells. He's driving home. In Pennsylvania. Okay. He's driving home. 
And he starts spraying his mouth with banaca. Remember banaca? No. You don't fucking know what that is? It is mouth freshener spray that like people. Oh, like, I didn't know that's what it's called. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Old shit. I'm talking like, you know, 90s yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, 80s before, and 90s you know. Yeah. That's what. I'm pretty sure that's the brand is. I don't know, but it's called banaca spray. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was called. Mm. All right. Fun Be- fact of the day. Because he smokes and he doesn't want his wife to know that he's smoking. He goes home. He lives in this nice house somewhere. I don't know. I, at some point, I think I say where it is. If I don't, I don't give a fuck. His wife is home with their baby, and his wife is played by Katherine Keener. Nick Cage's wife? Yes. Okay. I'm following. She kisses him. Hi, because she hasn't seen him in a few days. Do they make a good couple? No. Um, Disappointing. She says that she can... I need to talk to these directors. Like, do you not feel... I would tell the you... The sexual tension? I would tell I you... I want to see that on the screen. I would tell you to watch normal people if you want to watch chemistry between two strangers who are acting. But anyway, it has nothing to do with this. This movie has no chemistry. And there's no <laughs> sex scenes between him and his wife. But you said there's a bunch of sex. Oh, yeah. Because it has to do with snuff films. But that has nothing to do with him and his wife. So... You know they had sex because they have a bubba, but they, there's no sex scenes between them. <laughs> At least at <them>. one time. <laughs> she says, like, have you been smoking? Because I taste it on you. And he's like, no, I haven't no, been. No, that's a bubba s- <laughs> spray. Banaka. Banaka spray. He says that he's been sitting in bars all day, and that's why you, uh, and you and taste and smell s- the smoke. He's been smoking those dicks. <laughs> he's like, why are you accusing me of this? I just got home. All right, okay, I, I lied. They, so they're having sex, and... <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> the baby starts screaming. The baby smells that you've been smoking cigarettes. Cock block. And he goes to, like, soothe the baby. So the next day, because we, we get a scene. He's a family man. You know, he's very loving, very all-American, whatever. He's raking leaves in his front yard, and he gets a phone call. We're still talking about Nicolas Cage, right? Yes, we're still talking <laughs> about Nicolas Cage. Wells, I'll call him Wells. He has a first name. I don't remember it. His it's wife is like, honey, me. somebody's on the phone for you. He goes into his office. He answers the phone because it was that thing where, like, you answer the phone in one room and you pick the phone up in another room. Yeah, you can listen in. Yeah. Remember he, landlines? <laughs> he pulls out a cigarette. He starts smoking in his office, which I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. And he opens the window. In his house? And he starts spraying air what freshener. Yeah, what an idiot. It's a new potential job. He doesn't know really what it is. Okay. But he says he's going to meet someone somewhere. That he'll take, he'll listen to whatever they have to tell him. Something is happening somewhere. He's going somewhere. Yeah. Got it. He pulls up to a mansion. Now, it's probably in the same state because he's driving there. He pulls up to a mansion. Pennsylvania mansion. Yeah. Got it. And he talks to the family's attorney of this estate. It's a guy that answers the door. Okay. They're praising him for his discretion with all of his past jobs. And they say, this is why we want to hire you for this specific task. How the fuck would they know about his discretion? Because they did a background check on him. And they also looked at his prior jobs. He worked previously. Hold on. No, no, no. If he's very discreet with the jobs that he does, no one would know about the jobs that he does because he's discreet. Well, this guy is a lawyer, so I'm sure he has ways of getting information that maybe not be public to other people but also he just previously did a job for the senator of some other state so she might have been the person who put in a good word for him okay so gave him a referral or some shit sure that's a stretch but yeah that's the fancy american white woman way of saying it what the fuck am i saying (laughs) so the lawyer is 
the lawyer. <laughs> sorry. I fucking spit up. I'm sorry. I gotta rephrase that better. This man is the lawyer to this family that is rich. And the, the husband died. recently. died. <laughs> the husband died recently. And it is, it is his widow who is requesting Nicholas Cage's service? Nicholas Cage's services. service. Okay, right. What? Because some she thinks someone killed him. No, she says that they opened his safe after he passed, looking oh, yeah, for yeah, documents yeah. that they right. needed, and, and they found something thing. inside the safe. It's a film reel, and it's a no-no. And she says there's a girl that appears to be murdered on this tape. They originally thought that it was a porno. They thought it was not real. Yes. Okay. And Nicolas Cage says, that sounds like a snuff film, but those are a myth. They don't actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of the dark web? No, because it's 19... I mean, I'm not saying the internet didn't exist at 1999, but it's 1999. Oh, Y2K, bitch. Snuff films broke the internet. So they say that they want him to look at the film so they can get his opinion on it. They want proof that this is a fake snuff film. Yo, that book. <laughs> what was that book called? Pretty Girls. Yes. By Karen Slaughter. Yes. Nick Cage goes off into a separate room to watch the film. And we see some scenes in the movie of a guy with an S&M suit on hitting this young girl, just slapping the shit out of her. Okay. In the face? Yes. Or he's slapping her titties? Slapping her in the face. Okay. And then he, he's like choking her, holding her by the throat. He's picking up weapons off a table that's off to the side like a machete and a wrench. And Nick Cage wrench. is shaking, but in his Nick Cage way. So like, oh, 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 oh. Am I turned on? Yeah. Like, or not. <laughs> making those guttural noises and like, oh, oh, oh. Like just <laughs> too much. Over so, the top. Then you see a guy, the guy on the screen who's in the S&M suit, just coming down on this girl with the machete, like cutting her up oh, no. and like blood. Okay. Wait, we got different angles or is the same angle? It's the same angle. It's just okay. one camera. So he's done watching it. And then... Oh, that was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, that's how Nick Cage sounds. <laughs> oh, that was hard to watch. <laughs> but I had to watch it to know what my job is. He tells them, you want my advice? My advice is to go to the police. And they say, absolutely not. <laughs> they want him to tell... We're too rich for the police. They want him to tell them who made the film... And if he names his price, whatever it is, will he do it? $20 million. He says he'll treat the case like a missing person's case to be able to start off because he has no information other than that. He other than know, the video. He doesn't know who the girl is. He doesn't know who made it. He doesn't know where it came from or where her, there's no evidence to show where her husband like paid for this, this purchase. From. It. Yeah. He got it from Robert Loggia in Lost Highway. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Eddie. (laughs) So he goes home and his wife is pissed because he's leaving suddenly again to do another like work thing. He says, I got to go to Cleveland. This is a lie. She goes to leave the office after he's like, listen, I know that I just got home, but like this is going to be money for me and you and Cinderella. The baby (laughs) is not named Cinderella. He calls her that. Her name is Ella. Okay. And also real quick, I might have fucked up or I mentioned this later, but... The wife of this deceased person tells him, I don't want my husband's name, like, you know, his reputation Connected ruined. Connected to this. Yes. Please, I need you to be discreet with me and tell me, like, where this comes from. So he says, 
that's why he says I'll treat like a missing persons case. Okay. She's like, please find out who this girl is. I want to know if she has been murdered or not. Hopefully she hasn't and we'll know who she is. Uh, I'm going to say she did. So he goes home. His wife is pissed. He's like, come on. This is going to be money for us to pay the mortgage. Your father of all people doesn't think I have a real job. Like I need to survive and, and supply he's like, for you. He's like, you a failed cop. <laughs> you don't deserve my daughter. I don't know. Go fuck yourself. I don't know if he's a cop because they never say that. But he is a well, PI. Well, I'm saying because, I mean, typically, I don't know if this is true for all PIs. They are cops first. And yes. then later they go into yes, that service. Because yep. they get kicked out. <laughs> so she goes to leave after she's like, okay, you're right. And looks down at his desk and pulls a piece of paper off the desk and there's an ashtray full of cigarette butts in there. Does she not want him smoking because they have a baby? Because he probably said that he would stop at some point. Okay. But the point is is that he lied to her. And now she has concrete evidence to say that he Broke lied to her. Her trust. Big no no. So he starts packing his shit up and he goes into a safe and loads up a gun and he puts it under the spare tire in his car. And his wife is like, why do you need to bring the gun? And he's like, just for protection. And she's like, it's that kind of case. And he's like, I'm not going to have to use it. Don't worry. Well, you know I can't shoot cigarettes. So, yes, I need a gun. The next scene, he's at the U.S. Resource Center. The fuck is that? A place in the state that they're in that has information like missing persons cases. Wouldn't that just be a police station? I think that that stuff is public knowledge and you can get it. But there's a special place that you can go to? Yeah. Because he's not a cop. This is the first time that I hear that, but okay. He tells the clerk some bullshit. He lies. Says, Mm. like, I have this missing person's case. Is he cray-cray? Um, we'll get there. Okay. He's kind of calm, but he's, like, really skating thin ice with the lies. Yeah. Okay. This movie almost was not made. They were like, nobody's going to greenlit this because of how dark the, the content was. They had so many rewrites. That the writer, I'm, I'm skipping, the writer walked off set and has never seen the movie because they changed so much. It was even darker than this. And it was originally going to get an NC-17 rating for theaters. And the, and the Joel writer. Joel Schumacher was like, I'll get writers to come and cut shit. And the writer was like, you didn't do my fantasy. Yes. Fuck <laughs> you. He tells the clerk at the U.S. Resource Center this bullshit story about how This rich woman was driving her car and she picked up a runaway on the side of the road and they brought her to her their house and she ate a meal for dinner but didn't tell them who she was and she just left in the middle of the night and they were concerned with her safety so they hired Nicolas Cage to find out who she was, find out her identity so they could let her mother or father know, hey, she's alive, we saw her. Well, at least she was alive till this date. Okay. Calm the fuck down, Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. We're not there yet. Listen, I'm like mind hunters in this shit. <laughs> like, let's get to the bottom of this before he does. A book I lent Stephanie that she has yet to finish. That's true. I've started it like three times. So they're like, yeah, sure, you can go through the records and shit, but uh, there's like thousands of boxes of records to go through. So here you go. He has a photo of the girl in the video because mm-hmm. somehow he superimposed it and printed it out. Don't ask me how. Just don't. <laughs> okay. So he keeps going over the film and now, you know, he has it digitally and he goes to the company that made the film because there is a trademark or some shit like that. Or at least the company that printed out the film. There's a fucking watermark on sure. this smut shit. <laughs> <laughs> and this, in the meantime, he tells the widow over the phone, like, look up your husband's past bank account statements 
and see anything for a large amount of money. Unusually large compared to like what you guys normally spend. But he's a rich bitch, so he'd be buying dinosaur eggs. When he goes to this film company that like printed it or produced it, they're like, it was not designed to be duplicated, whatever this is. So he's watching the, f- the film again, and he notices his first that like the, the guy in the S&M costume has a pentagram tattoo on his hand. On the and back of his hand? On the front of it. Well, what well, the fuck is the back? This is the front. This is the front? This yeah, this front. makes sense. This is the front. So the back of his hand, yeah. Okay. He's scouring through more records, and he eventually finds the girl, the missing photo, because he has the photo of her, the still from the movie, and he matches it with a photo of a missing God damn, person. that was quick. Not as quick as you think. SVA ain't... No, SVA. SVU ain't got shit on this guy. <laughs> her name is Marianne Matthews, and she lives in North Carolina. So... Not that far from home, okay. He goes to North Carolina. He's in the projects. Like, these are broken down fucking houses. Not a good neighborhood. Setting the scene for what kind of, like, family life she came from. Okay. He shows up to the girl's address. Not trailer park, like, actual project. It's a house, but it's definitely, like, an apartment in a two-story house. And it's, like, like they look like run-down houses. Like shameless shit? Sure. Yes, exactly. Nice. (laughs) He shows up to the girl's address and he's looking for her mom. And he's told by one of the neighbors that she works at a supermarket, the mom. He goes to the supermarket, he meets her, and he lies about why he's looking for this woman's daughter. And he even makes up a fake name. He tells her, I hope you don't get your hopes up, but I'm from this bureau. And we're looking into unsolved missing cases. He's lying again. Yeah. Cool. The girl has no father. She did have a stepfather. And she left shortly... After she went missing. Well, everybody has a father, whether they know it or not. That's just not possible. (laughs) The mom's name is Janet, and she tells him, like, you know, Marianne was sneaking out with boys all the time. She was rebellious. She didn't get along with her stepfather. We fought all the time. It was just not a good time when she was around. Fucked up family, fucked up life, yeah. She left Marianne in the night and left no note behind. At least, that's what the mom tells Nicolas Cage. There was nothing to be left behind to tell us where she was going. So he asks her, can I look around her room? She says, sure. He looks through his shit, and he finds nothing. But then he goes down to the basement. And I have to tell you, the soundtrack to this film, or the the music that was composed for this Stacey's film... Stacy's mom has got it going. You mean Janet? <laughs> no, it's crazy Arabic music. What? Like, I'm not trying to be, like, insensitive. Like, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't match this film, which is why I'm bringing it up. Who was... It's intense, crazy, fast, and loud. Who was the music man on this I movie? I don't fucking know. Music man. So he's in the basement, and this music is playing, and he opens the tank of the toilet in the basement, and he finds a plastic, a Ziploc bag full of shit, and he pulls Literal it out. shit? No. There's a diary in it. He finds a note from Marianne, and she says that she's going to Hollywood, California. You know what? I feel like that's definitely a trope from, like, 90s to early 2000s movies. That they were running away to California? No, where people hid shit in the tanks of toilets? Yes. Well, just because you said that, now because it's no longer a trope, I'm going to hide shit in the tank of my toilet. You still have a tank. Who doesn't have a tank? I don't. My parents don't in one of the toilets. Dude, I have like a fucking public bathroom <laughs> yeah, you're right. flusher. Your bathroom is weird. Anyway. You can flush like five times continuously and the water will still flow. In the note, she said that she fell in love with a boy and they decided to run away together. 
they both wanted to be famous actors. That that was their plan all along. That she was like, I'm running away with this boy. We're both going to be famous actors. He believes that I can make it, so we're going together. AKA, he's going to fucking pimp you out into porn. How old is she? Like 16. Okay. Wells tells Janet that he didn't find anything, not even a note. But he takes her diary? Well, he doesn't take it, but he takes... The note was in the diary. Yeah. So he... I don't know if he took the note. I Hold on. It wasn't a page in the diary? It, no, it was a separate piece of paper. Okay. In the note, when she says she's running away from a boy, she names the boy and she says, like, because this is left for her mother. She's like, you know him. His dad runs the body shop in town. So Nicolas Cage now has a lead. What is <laughs> the local body shop? <laughs> Google. He invented Google. Please. <laughs> now he's like, okay, I'm going to go to the body shop and hopefully find the boyfriend. He gets to the body shop. He meets the old man this that's again there. This again splices into Lost Highway. <laughs> he goes to the body shop. He tells the guy working there, are you Warren's dad? Because I think that that's his name. And he's like, yeah. What do you want? And he's Desk like, well, he's like, I know your son. You know, we used to work together and we gambled quite a bit and I owe him some money. So I was really trying to see if I could get his address in California to mail him a check. And his dad's like, you owe Warren money? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay. He's like, uh, he's not in California. He's in jail. Prison. So... Prison jail. Nice. Jail prison. Cut to prison. We meet Warren, the boyfriend, and it is played by none other than Norman Reedus. Who dead? The Walking Dead. The main dude? He plays Daryl. The Biker hick dude. Who was in the game? There's space babies. A baby is his best friend. A fetus is his best friend in the game. No. I don't yes. know what the hell you're talking about. The guy who has the... Bow and arrow. Yeah. Yes, the crossbow. Yeah, which is funny to mention that for this movie. But yes. Cool. Origin story. But he was really fucking young. And to be honest with you, I think Joel Schumacher directed another movie that sucks called like Dare or Rumor. Dare, uh, Norman Reedus is in that too. What's his name? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus? Mm-hmm. Norman Reedus game. Death Stranding. I've never heard of it. It's cray cray. So Warren tells Wells, I haven't seen that bitch since we fought and she ran off to L.A. on her own. He's mopping like the the, the oh, chow. He a job? Oh, God. Yeah, he's fucking he's in prison. <laughs> Not everybody in prison has a job in prison. I think they all do. So he's talking to her. He's talking about her like she's a piece of trash and. Nicholas Cage is like rubbed the wrong way Fucking and he's misogynist like misogynist motherfucker. He sees that he has cigarettes so he's like, "Yo man, give me a cigarette." Are they cool cigarettes? I don't know what that means, but um are they cool brand? No, no they're not. <laughs> what cigarettes do they sell in jail? Prison. I don't know. I think that's marble's good, too expensive. That's so That's a good trivia question. Wells pulls out Wells is already smoking a cigarette and he throws his cigarette on the floor and he's like, "I don't smoke." <laughs> So the fuck? he's back in a hotel room because he has to pretend like he's out of state at this point. And he's struggling with the case. He has to keep watching this movie. Wait, it's why disturbing. does he have to pretend that he's out of state? Because the widow lives in the state that he originally lives in. And okay. he lied to his wife and told her that he was going to Cleveland. But he didn't go to Cleveland. He stayed in, like, let's say it's Pennsylvania. Of all the places, why the fuck would you want to go to Ohio? 
He's on the phone with his wife and she's like, I miss you. Ella misses you. He tells her I'm struggling with this case. She says, why? And he said, oh, you wouldn't, you, you don't want to hear about it. You, or you, wouldn't, you understand. wouldn't understand your yeah. woman. But then he goes back to Janet, the wife. No, I'm sorry. I fucked up. He's in North Carolina at this point. That's why he's staying at a hotel because that's where Janet and Marianne live, the girl from the movie. So he really is out of state at this point. Wait, so the wife is in... His wife is in Pennsylvania where he What's his wife's name? We don't know. Just wife? No. I mean, fuck. (laughs) Wow, this is a new one for me. God damn, it's cold in here. The tables have turned. (laughs) Shut up. Okay, update. His wife's name is Amy. Nick's wife's name is Amy. Wells. His name is Wells. Okay. His wife's name name is Amy. Amy is still in Pennsylvania. What is the wife of the guy that died? Who is the wife? She's just the widow. And Janet is the girl that's missing? Janet is the mother of Marianne, who is the girl who's missing. Okay. I probably won't remember that in two minutes, but got it. <laughs> her name is Miss Christensen. That's the name of the widow. Okay. They I were mean, you could just call her widow. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Well, I thought she was Janet. So well, yeah, you fucking are are off the okay, rails. Okay, you don't now. don't talk about who the fuck is who because of the last movie. You were like, who? What? Who is what? That was very confusing. <laughs> Everything with names is confusing to me. Okay, my brain don't work with names. It works with pictures. So, Wells goes back to Janet's house, and she's like. I just put up dinner. Do you want to stay? It's been a long time since I've had company. It's meatloaf. A pot roast? So I guess Close enough. (laughs) He says, no, I really can't stay. But he says, listen, I have a question for you. If you had to choose between knowing if she is out there having a good life, but not knowing where she is, compared to knowing that if she's gone, what would you choose? Oh, you know what? That would have been a good question. Fuck you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And Janet says, what would your answer be? I would want to know what happened to her. I think so, too. Compared to somebody telling me, like, yeah, she's fine. She's having a good life, but she doesn't want you to know where she is. Yeah. And that's what Janet's mom says. I would choose to know what happened. Okay. All right. Good on her. So he's upset by all this because he has a daughter and he's, like, thinking about his own life and how this is fucked up. Like, where is this girl? Mm -hmm. So he's like, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. And he takes the photo out of Mary. He starts jacking And he's looking at it. (laughs) No. And he leaves her diary on the desk in her room for her mom to find at some point. With the note? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. He tells Janet he'll call her if he finds anything and then leaves. And then we get more of that blasting Arabian music, which doesn't set the scene at all. So. I don't know what the fuck that was. Now he's in Hollywood. He flew there, obviously. He swam there. He's, he went through the Panama Canal. <laughs> he's in an area of L.A. I don't know what area. I've never been. And he's asking people if they've seen this girl because he has the photo of her. He has a real photo of her now because he went to her house. Oh, right, because he had a weird fucking thing Still from the, from the movie, yeah. yeah. They make it a note of showing you, like, all of this fucking, like... Expositional shit? Youth in on the streets that are homeless. Because they're trying to fit in the fact that this girl was it obviously... has been almost 30 years. So Wait, no, 1999, you said? Yeah. All right. It has been over 20 years, and there is still a homeless crisis. That's in... not a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> he goes, Nothing has changed. <laughs> he, great. 
he goes to a bunch of casting directors showing her photo around seeing if anyone recognized her and then he goes into an adult film store yep that's where he should have gone first and this is where we see joaquin phoenix joaquin phoenix he works yes he's so hot in this movie like it's not fair um (laughs) joaquin phoenix is behind the register he works at this adult film and bookstore books if we i mean we were born in the 90s but if we like grew up in the 90s would we get our smart books at sex stores not on amazon it's not books as much as it is magazines okay that's disappointing i'm sorry so he grabs a bunch of shit and goes up to the register to buy it because he's trying to infiltrate something what does he grab i didn't pay like Big Booty Bitches 3? I don't know. Just like, magazines? Tapes and some magazines. He's not adventurous enough. He doesn't but he's go not for the in, Listen, he's a family man. He knows nothing about this scene. So he's trying man. to infiltrate himself. I don't know himself. what the fuck but plugs are. So Joaquin Phoenix says to him as, he's ringing, as he's ringing him up. This is a quote. Sir, can I interest you in a battery-operated vagina? I hate to see you caught in one of those everyday situations that calls for a battery-operated vagina. And he's like, no, thank you. What the fuck is a battery-operated vagina? Um, what are those? A flashlight. That's not battery-operated. All right, but it's the 90s. You need <laughs> eight Type-C batteries <laughs> to make this run. You need seven. You need a battery car. <laughs> A car battery, battery car, what the fuck? You're charging a charger, charger. <laughs> he, what does it... No, okay, my... my. I'm sorry. I'm, you should be. I shouldn't be, because I... Yes, Why did I know I you can't, fixated I, I can't on even scene. process my brain. So many things are just fucking bouncing off. I would say probably 90% of sex toys that have anything battery-operated are for women. So I'm just trying to process maybe it vibrates as you fuck it i i don't know i hate to break this okay, to you. I didn't think of that. i'm not the inventor of a battery operated vagina it but then like wouldn't you just say vibrating vagina listen he said what he said let's move past I it i can't <laughs> i want to know what More the sex toy was <laughs> joaquin phoenix has spiked hair in this he's wearing like crop t-shirts he has a piercing in his nose like, oh, he has tattoos so, like, Backstreet Boy spiked hair? Are you on or, crack? Or Mohawk, no, like spiked, Mohawk hair. spiked hair. Okay. More importantly about Joaquin Phoenix's character, he is reading a book that is like a Cold sexual priest. erotic book. Okay? No. <laughs> and Nick Cage says to him, what are you reading? And he holds the book up in his face. And he says, what are you really reading? And this is when he has a fake cover. Yes, he takes the fake cover off and he's reading Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, which I've read and I can tell you. (laughs) So he goes back to his hotel room in this skeezy hotel he's in in L.A. And he's watching more of these movies and he's researching sex magazines. And where is he researching? He has a laptop, I think, but it's a dinosaur of a laptop or he's looking through books. I don't know. He gets a phone call from his wife. And he says that he wants to come home. This case is really wearing him down. But then all of a sudden, he's watching this movie over and over again, the original snuff film. And he's like, honey, I have to call you back because he catches something. He's like, he I, sees, I, I can't tell you what I'm really into now. I told you I was anal, but now it's death. He sees a man who is standing in the room where this girl is getting murdered. 
in the, in the snuff background? film that he didn't notice before. Yes, in the background. <laughs> so he wants to try to superimpose the man sitting. Like he's trying to go to a fucking film place and oh. say... All right, you need to set the scene for me with the snuff film. What does it look like? It looks like a warehouse with a bed in the middle of it. And the bed is in the center of the frame? Of the frame. The girl is sitting on the edge. The guy in the S&M Is it just a mattress on the floor or is it actually a bed frame? It's a mattress on a bed frame, like a metal bed frame. Okay. There's a guy in an S&M suit, like a mask, a vest, and pleather pants. He has a snake tattoo going from his neck up all the way onto his face. He has a pleather... Oh, okay, whatever. Yes, but it's peeking through one of his eye holes. Okay. Because it's a full-on face mask. Yeah. Like, you can't see anything other than the his fact eyeballs. that he has a tattoo, his eyes, and then he has a pentagram tattoo. There's a hospital tray off to the side of the bed where he has, like, a, an array the, of weapons yeah. that he's deciding between. The girl's naked? She's in a bra and underwear. White bra and underwear. Okay. And she's, like, looks like she's been crying. So she's broken. <laughs> it's her wedding night. What? Well, <laughs> No, she was sneaking off with boys. I'm sure that Warren and her did the dirty at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. He wants to superimpose the back of this man's head that's in the frame. It's not supposed to be. It was an accident. But there is a man that you see, like, the back of their, their body. Where the fuck is the back of his body coming up Standing in Standing off shot? on the right side. He just goes, peekaboo. No, he's just, they shouldn't have shot him in it. It was an accident. Uh, a faux pas, if you will. <laughs> Oh God, now I feel like I have to watch this movie just for this scene <laughs> so I can picture what the fuck is going on. He goes, my artist brain can't understand what is happening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he goes back to the sex shop. He needs information from Joaquin. And we Do find you sell out- these bed frames? <laughs> we find out that his name is Thomas. Nick Cage's first name is Thomas Wells. His name is Thomas Wells. His first okay, name is Thomas. I thought you were going to say Joaquin Phoenix's name no. is... Joaquin Phoenix's name is Max California. What the fuck? Is it Max California or Max That is the most fucking porn star shit. He's he's not a porn star. He's a musician. But that conversation comes later. So they go outside to have a cigarette break. And he tells him, I'm a private investigator. And he's like, no shit. Look at how you're dressed. And Joaquin Phoenix, by the way, this scene I fixated on so much. Joaquin Phoenix is wearing a long sleeve shirt that looks like it's a Renaissance painting on his shirt, but it's cropped in a way that you see his stomach, but he has a little pooch of a belly. Like, he's not super fit. Like, you see a little bit, which is fine. I'm not body shaming. I still would, like, I'd take that downtown. But, like, the point is, is that Joel Schumacher is gay, and I know that he has a fixation for his... And he purposefully... Yes, I feel like he purposely... He dressed him in tight-ass leather pants, this cropped long sleeve with his, like, midriff showing. I'm like, what are we doing here? He he got a happy trail? Yeah, he does. Well, he Phoenix is half Brazilian, half Jewish. Like, he... He's half Brazilian? Mm Mm-hmm. He says, listen, I need your help. You know the underground pornography world. I don't. And that's what I need to get involved in to figure out who this missing girl is. He says, I'll pay you to help me. Hold on. These guys be bushing us. What the fuck? <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> the, she's got Betty Davis eyes. But replacing it with Steve, Steve Buscemi. Bush- yeah. They go this way and then that way. <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi. So. That's fucked up. I know. So he's like, here, listen, here's my number. I don't know. You make probably shit at this place, so I'll pay you $500 a week to help me with what I need you to help me with. 
that Google, I want to know how much five dollars in five hundred dollars is in today's money. Inflation would be eight hundred and ninety dollars and seventy five cents today. So like nine hundred. Okay. So um, yeah. Uh, okay. Right. I should go work at a porn shop. Yeah, anyway. I mean, like that. That's like half a month's salary for some people. So yeah, they walk away. I don't know if anything's agreed upon yet, but they had this conversation, and the point is, is that we see them walking away from somebody's POV sitting in a car who is watching this conversation. Okay, so it's like a down. shot from the inside of a car. Yes, looking but out. it's dark, so we don't know who it is. And be completely fucking honest with you, I never or we never find out who this is. Point is, somebody's watching him. So Max tells him. They didn't walk away. They're just having the conversation, and we know someone's watching it. Max tells him, you look too much like a fucking cop, and you should change your look if you want to blend in to even get into this underground shit. What does Nick Cage look like in this movie? Set me the facial scene. He's wearing, like, a leather blazer. I don't know what to call it. Jacket, a black tee, and, like, slacks, and nice shoes. He looks like a cop. Okay. Compared to Joaquin Phoenix. Well, I guess, like, an undercover cop trying to be okay. yeah this movie is two hours long yes it is i'm not i will go on a rampage about how the ending should have ended at a, one point in the movie and it didn't it kept going yeah and you're like why so he tells him like listen mister you're gonna see some shit you wish you didn't if you want to get into this underground stuff max really wants to be a musician and he's lived in la for six years now so he knows what he's talking about he knows the clubs, he knows the S&M spots, he knows the porn world. So being a musician, you know porn? Yeah. <laughs> he tells him, you dance with the devil, the devil don't change, the devil changes you. Uh, that's so, fucking lame. <laughs> this is when he takes him to some house in L.A. that has these baby prostitutes. I'm talking about like young, 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 young girls who are just sitting on a couch waiting for anybody to come in. And they go down to the basement where there's a shop in the basement of this house with a bunch of tapes. And he asks the guy, this, I flipped out at this because this is fucking ridiculous. He tells Joaquin, he tells Max, ask him if he has any snuff. So the guys who are running this establishment are of Spanish descent. And he asks the guy downstairs, in Span- do you Joaquin. have any snuff? But yes, Max is talking to them in broken Spanish. How do you say snuff in Spanish? Snuff. I don't know. <laughs> Snuffo. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Snuffo. that was. <laughs> that sounds more Russian than Italian. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is bilingual. He speaks Spanish fluently. The and fact they that made they him were like Spanglish. Yes, they made him speak Spanglish. Jesus. So he asked the guy, "Do you have any snuff?" And a guy pulls out a gun to his head, and he tells Wells, "Give me money. Give me money." We don't say that word here. <laughs> well, Wells gives him money, the guy who has the gun. How much money? I don't know, a $10? lot, because then they just leave. He got paid, this man got paid to be offended. Which man? The guy who was running the porn establishment in the basement. He's like, give me your fucking money right now, with the gun in his hand. And uh-huh. they give him money, and then they go. Because he They're shouldn't like have asked free? for snuff. No, he shouldn't have been asking for snuff. They, I don't know what they said, because they're arguing in Spanish. But basically, okay. it seems like they shouldn't have even said that word to them. Okay, I'm fucking confused. What are you confused about? The situation. They went to the basement. Yeah, you know, I get the, the basement. basement. And they were like, don't say the word snuff in the, don't the basement. don't talk about the snuff in the basement. If you want to know about the snuff, you, you have to the- go upstairs and ask the children for the snuff. 
the children. I told you there's baby prostitutes upstairs. You get gun to head, I take your money. <laughs> Don't ask about the snow. Okay. <laughs> Basically, they, so got they out, get robbed they and got, they get yes, nothing out of they this. Get out of lo- they get robbed, they form a relationship. That's how it works in this world. Got it. <laughs> Basically, yes, they insulted them by asking, like, do you have any snuff films? They were like, give me your fucking money, get the fuck out of here. So they do. They leave. <laughs> then they go to another underground place. What the fuck? How many underground basement porn places are there a couple. in L.A.? <laughs> a couple. One time, my sister went to a church that was turned into a club in the city, and there was a vampire wedding, and she saw two men jacking each other off in the corner. Oh, nice. It's like when we went to that place where they had a separate dance floor in the basement and it was just a bunch of goth punk people and I, I happened to know the song that was playing at the moment and I started dancing and you saw there was a creep in the corner watching me. You're like, you need to stop. We need to leave. <laughs> when was this? At Pyramid. I don't remember that at all. But okay. I trust you. So they go to another underground place and it's a shop. With more movies. It is the farmer's market of porn. Nice. Because it's tables with people sitting behind it with cardboard signs that say, like, we got this. Big titty And we bitches. got debt. Yeah. Gang bangs. we got this. Yeah. Are so, you into incest? I got you. Do you like big booties? I got you. Anal? Got you. Three-fisted <laughs> man? Got you. You like booty hole uh, rose petals? I got you. You like booty, booty hole booty <laughs> You want that budussy? I got you. <laughs> yeah, that buddy. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Nick Cage walks up to a table with a sign that says KIDS in capital letters. They don't talk just, in this basement? It's just photos of ch- photos of children. Por- ch- child pornography. So shots from... Polaroids and photos of kids. Oh, God. Half naked, obviously, because I don't think they would show full naked children. I swear children. to God, everyone... A- anyone... Needs to burn. So then he walks up to another table that says, in quotations, way beyond triple X. <laughs> it's not your standard bitch. This guy is like, I got, what do you want? I got extreme bondage, rape films, sick shit, buy five, get one free. That's a good deal. Does he act That's like a that? good deal. He says, buy one, get five, <laughs> buy five, get one free. Oh my God. That's good. He asked the guy, do you have snuff? And he says, you can't get that because it doesn't exist. <laughs> wink, wink. So they leave. Because that is the biggest <laughs> fucking... That's so fucking stupid. People, humankind is garbage. <laughs> if women in heels stepping on kittens exists on the internet, there are definitely movies of people getting raped dead. Killed, raped dead. Yes. So... They leave because they don't get what they want, and they go to a sex dungeon. What? And they finally get their hands on a snuff film. They go to this guy, and he's like, yes, I have snuff films. The real shit. Yes, I am expert in snuff. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the chef from the Muppets? (laughs) Snuff. I got all the movies. So they go back to Max's apartment, which is a shithole, by the way. And they start to watch one film, and they're, like, grossed out by it because this woman is getting murdered. She's having sex with these two people, I would assume. I don't know. Do they show? Yes, they show the scene, the movies. Okay. So then you the know, next film... Fun and- fact, I've seen a movie of someone just straight up chopping their dick off. <laughs> that was interesting. You can't watch it like that. Like, 
I was so confused. I am desensitized to like, a lot of shit. I was like, what am I watching? Because of the things I've read, but I... That, More than um, one man. More than remember one Remember when we were in high school and we watched Man Getting Fucked by Horse? Yeah, d- that's what it was called? Yes. And his organs were punctured by the size of the, the horse's cock. And he went to the hospital. And died. And they told him that he fell and he died. He fell? Yeah. <laughs> I fell on a horse's dick. <laughs> You remember Rotten.com? No. What an era. <laughs> I remember E-Bombs World. This was uh, E-Bomb World. E-Bombs World fucked up sister. <laughs> Rotten.com. Where you got pictures of death, videos of death. I never looked at Really? That. Yeah. Oh, man. You had, you had privacy. I didn't. I, I got so much more fucked up by the internet than you did yeah. <laughs> as a child. Great. What? Yeah, I didn't even watch like Two Girls One Cup. I wouldn't watch it like that. I started watching it and I was like, "No, this is too much for me." <laughs> well, at least you had standards, I guess. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> Children don't have standards. I did. They watch one snuff film, and the girl gets murdered in it. They put on another snuff film, and this but I'm girl, asking if they bought five and got one free. I'm telling you, they didn't because <laughs> okay. that guy was like, "We don't have snuff films here." But he said he did. No, I got no, no. I got the, you. The I got everything. The sex dungeon is where they went and got snuff yeah. films. This guy said I have snuff films. Yeah. That's separate from the porn farmer's market where they had signs that said everything. Extreme shit. Everything. Yeah. Sick shit. Buy five, get one free. Separate place. I thought it was at the dungeon. Okay. No. So. Glad we clarified that. They watch one film with this girl. She gets murdered in it. They put on another. And this is where Nick Cage is like, isn't that the same woman? From the last movie we just watched. In the second movie, this woman's being choked and then killed with the machete. And this is when he realizes it's the same girl in both movies. These are fakes. And they're like, we just spent 1200 bucks on nothing. Okay. If $500 was $900, $1,800. 1200 That's like $2,300 in it's today's money. It's a lot of money. fucking money. God damn. Yeah. Fuck. So they shut the movies off, and Max is like, thank God those aren't real. Like, that was that was horrible. And Nick says to him, why are you mixed up in all this shit? And he says, well, it beats pumping gas, and really, I want to be playing music. And he's like, I had a band, but we broke up. Oh, so no. then he, he asks him the same thing. He's like, why are you mixed up in this shit? Wait, hold. I mean, oh God. that's so fucking stupid. I mean, he's mixed up what? Because he needed a fucking job and he was desperate and then found out all the sick shit that happens in the Which one are you talking about, Nick Cage or Max? Max. He's played at clubs. He knows people who get into this shit. He's more involved in it than Nick Cage would ever be. I don't see... Well, I mean, okay, I guess I don't know L.A. Obviously, I don't (laughs) fucking know L.A., but is the music scene... You've been to California. I haven't. L.A. is disgusting. (laughs) I don't see how music shit or the music scene is so intertwined with, like, sex Max works like... Are you kidding me? Are you out of your fucking mind? I could tell you about so many musicians who have hired sex workers, slept with children, gotten into deep, dark shit because they're musicians. Yeah, but that you can say the shit... You can say the same shit about famous people. I'm just saying, like, at the venue of a music place. He's a punk rock musician... He's into more hardcore shit. But you're he not knows even that people. big. He knows people so who are in this. So you're telling me that Bleep 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 knows fucking no, CP? No, because he plays pussy music. 
He plays 1950s pussy music. Okay. This is different. The Beatles didn't do that shit. You're picking apart. Oh, <laughs> you're picking apart shit that like doesn't matter. Like there is not. It's not hard to believe that this character has ties to the underground sex world, S and M clubs, stuff like that. People who sell porn, shit like that. That's not hard to believe. I find it hard to believe, but okay. I don't understand your logic. Do you want to look up a photo of what Joaquin Phoenix looks like in this movie? I saw. Okay. I saw. I saw. I saw it. He was so hot. Oh, my God. I mean, he's just a punk. It's like saying that every punk... He is listen to was me. into some crazy know. fucking no, but snuff I don't know. Porn. I don't know what it is, but I'm still fucked up. Just <laughs> shut up. Anyway, so he asked him the same thing. What are you doing wrapped up in this fucking world? What mm-hmm. are you like a family man? You got a kid and wife at home. Wells, did is, you sell your daughter into prostitution? Wells is offended because Max asks him, "Do you get turned on by this shit? Like, what have you seen before?" That's and, a very personal question. And he doesn't answer, and he looks at him, and he's like, oh, the devil is changing you already. What the fuck? So he leaves Max's apartment, and he pulls out his car. He pulls out his car to drive back to the hotel, and we see a I man. I card. He's a magician. <laughs> he, he moonlights as a magician. He pulls out his deck of cards. <laughs> Pick one. Anyone. <laughs> so as he's pulling his car out to go back to his apartment, we see a man watching Max. him from the car again. No. Nicholas Cage. He has an yes. apartment? No. He's... Hotel. <laughs> hotel. You said apartment. I said 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 he's leaving the apartment, Max's apartment, to go to his hotel. You didn't say hotel. I did. When you edit this. Okay. Bet. <laughs> we see a man watching him again from their car. Okay. At this point, he goes to a shelter in LA and he asks these nuns. Skid Row? No, I don't know, honestly. Could be. I don't fucking know. He asks these nuns, hey, have you seen this girl? And one of them says, yes, I recognize her. Mm. They're like, Marianne, right? And he's like, yes, I'm looking for he's her. He's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and they're like, well, she was here a couple months ago or like many months ago, but we haven't heard or seen from seen her since. We have her suitcase full of her belongings if you would like to see it. And he says, yes. They don't so question who he is asking he about He tells her? them I'm a cop. Okay. Does he have his old badge? He has a fake badge. He goes through his suitcase, and this is where he finds a poem. And the poem says, Suck my dick. <laughs> One, two, three. Dick is good. A, B, C. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Suck my dick. One, two, three. Dick is good. A, B, C. <laughs> like, wow. Edgar Allan Poe himself couldn't write something as brilliant. I made it up just now. I know. I know. (laughs) My brain is fucked. I could come up with a better poem than that. What the fuck was that? It's great. Yay me. The poem says, Starlight, star bright. (laughs) This is how I wish tonight. (laughs) I wish I may. I wish I might. Whatever the poem is. Believe in something tonight would. On the back is somebody's phone number and their initials. I don't know what the initials are. This part confused this. Yeah, shut the fuck up. This part confused the shit out of me. So bear with me. All right. Because I'm going to explain it with no emphasis. And I'm going to try not really try to tell you what happened. But this is you explaining after watching the full movie. No, this is you in the moment. Yeah. Okay. So he calls the number on the back of this poem and it's disconnected. Okay. He's getting that. Yeah. Yeah. The number you are trying to reach. This is the part that's confusing. 
don't ask. He looks up a listing for Hollywood Films, and he gets a phone number and an address. Okay. Hollywood listing is it the Hollywood Films is, is it the, the number production he was trying company to? is a production company. It's I think this is what I think happened. Okay. I think he called this disconnected number. He then called the operator and was like, "Hey, this number was listed. It's no longer connected. Is, Can you tell me what number it is now?" And is, they're like, "It's for a company called Hollywood Films. I'll give you their new number." Is operator still a job title? That you can have today? No, because who is still on the phone lines that needs an operator to connect them to a number? Is a secretary technically an operator? No. Phone operators were different. This is where he finds... I was trying to make a joke and you fucking killed it. Okay? Fuck you. (laughs) Are you getting hit as hard as I am? Because I don't feel like you are. Are you on drugs? And what's their name where you get these drugs? What are their names? So this is where we're introduced to Eddie Poole, who is an adult film director, played by James Gandolfini. I don't know who that is. Tony Soprano. Got it. Okay. Yeah, he, he fits the role. He goes into this office, and there's just women in a room, and he's cutting their line, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And it's like, they don't talk like that. And like... He, he's like, obviously, I'm not trying out for the part of Dick Sucker 3000. Like, calm down. So he goes, Vacuum cleaner 3000. He goes into his office and he says, hey, you, Eddie, have you seen this girl? And James Gandolfini, who, in my opinion, he's just playing Tony Soprano as a porn film director. Yeah. He's like, not hey. paying attention to him. And then he looks up at the photo and he's staring at it and he turns white. Like, he's like, he gets, listen. She was my talk bitch, but then she got fucking killed. He starts sweating, and you know he's what's like, "Crazy, what, Stephanie?" I mean, this is fucked up, like fucked up, crazy, not just like, "Whoa, this is crazy." Wow, this is some scar shit. <laughs> yeah, the fact that I haven't ever seen it in New York, but if you go out to the middle of Bumblefuck and you stop at a rest stop, there's papers that if you're being sex trafficked, call this number. The fact that that's a thing is fucking scary. James Gandolfini's character, Eddie, is turning white. He's sweating as he's looking at this photo. And he's like, no, i never seen her. Mm-hmm. You fucking lying. And he's like, why you- the fuck you lying? <sighs> why you always lying? He says, are you sure? Oh, my God. Like Nick Cage. <sighs> oh, my God. And Eddie says, you know how Why much- the fuck are you lying? <laughs> You're getting really brazen with your accents now and your impressions. I want you to know. Who am I now? Christopher Walken. <laughs> I need to pay. <laughs> oh, my God. So he says, are you sure you've never seen her? And Eddie says, you know how much pussy walks through here? What is the fucking audition couch? Basically, but it's a rundown office, like even worse than Do that. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know what you're okay. talking about. What am I talking about? Pornhub. So... <laughs> He leaves because he's not getting anything out of Eddie, who obviously knows something but is not telling him. And he goes across the street to an apartment building that's abandoned. And it's facing Eddie's office. He can see Eddie's office from the room he's standing in. He's creeping? No. The person who owns the building, he paid him to let him use the apartment that's across the street from Eddie's office. So he can watch him? So he can watch him. He has no curtains? He does. They're blinds, but they're not always closed. Okay. So stupid. 
At night, he Is break- he one of those guys that likes being watched? I don't think so. I just don't think... I think he's too fucking, like, cavalier to think that... I don't even know if that's the right word. Narcissistic? He's, like, too... Self-absorbed? He doesn't think that... He doesn't think that anything's gonna happen to him. This was the first time something, like, some shit has come up. At night, Wells breaks into Eddie's office and bugs his phone. Okay. Now he's in the building across from him and he's listening to all his phone calls that he's getting. He watches him get his dick sucked by some of the girls that are coming in. Oh, multiple. But, yeah, while, before it, right right before, (laughs) right before it happens, he gets up and he, like, closes the blinds, like the blinds you have. The ones that you have to, like, spin the thing. Yeah, the poor people blind, so you got it. He sees him drinking all the time during the night, and at the same time, Wells is not answering his phone for his wife's phone calls. So, Tony, he yeah. spends a lot of time in his office. Can we just call him Eddie? His name is Eddie. Eddie Tony. Oh, my God. He spends a lot of time in his office getting his dick sucked. Drinking. He's He's nervous. He can tell this because he's watching him. After their meeting. Yes. So now and well, he... <laughs> I let random girls suck my cock because I'm fucking stressed. This is my antidepressant. Lovely. <laughs> At some point, Wells follows Eddie to a dessert area in L.A. Deserted. Or outside... I said a dessert. You said dessert. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Where Eddie's meeting these guys who are making a porno. Okay. It's, it looks like an abandoned house. And they're inside. They're getting ready to shoot a scene. Um, Is this the place from La? No. <laughs> Nick Cage is watching from the bushes. The fuck? Okay. And there's like security there. I don't know why. But they see Nick Cage and they chase him. And <laughs> Nick Cage pushes one of them in like the pool that has no water in it except like a foot of rainwater. And he falls into this pool. Ew. So the next day, Nick Cage calls Eddie. And he tells him, I know about the girl from six years ago. He's like, you murdered her, you and your friends, you killed her on film, and now you're fucked. You're all fucked. Wait, hold on. My drunk brain needs... It, it's on... Eight millimeter film. <laughs> no. Oh. It's on dial-up speed. Oh, God. This could take forever, folks. He says this to Eddie... Yeah, he calls him the next day after watching him work on a porno set at that deserted place. Oh, he gets away. Yeah, he gets away. Okay. He pushes the guy in the fucking pool. He like and breaks his leg in dirty ass brown rainwater. Swamp water, yeah. yeah. He calls him and he tells him, I know what you and your friends did. You're a piece you, of shit. <laughs> you killed that girl on film. You're fucked. You're all fucked. And hangs up the phone. He likes calling people and telling them that. Then he immediately rushes to the window because he is in the apartment building across from Eddie and Eddie's in his office. He rushes to the window and he sees him and he's like kind of like just sitting there. And then all of a sudden he picks up his phone because he has to make a call. Eddie. He's like, I don't know what the fuck to do now. Yeah. Eddie calls I need a guy. Support. <laughs> Eddie calls a guy and he tells him we need to talk and not on the phone. So either you need to get on a plane and come here, or I need to get on a plane and go there. Where is there? We don't know. He comes He's, here? There? We don't know where there is. Okay, yeah. LA but, is but where But does Eddie he come is. to LA? Well, we're not there yet. Shh. That's a yes. So, no, he doesn't come to LA. That's bullshit. So he's like, listen, it's urgent. And the guy on the line says, blow me, you paranoid fuck, and hangs up. Okay. Because he has been listening to these phone calls, he's recording them, and mm-hmm. he's able to trace it. And he traces... 
That's funny. He traces in the, in the lane. No. <laughs> he traces the number to a man named Dino Velvet who is in Manhattan. <laughs> that is the fucking lamest <laughs> name. Dino Velvet. Wow. So Nick Cage goes to Max and he's like, do you know who Dino Velvet is? And he's like, yeah, I do know, you know him. who DV is. He's like, yeah, I know him. He has hardcore shit, but it's hard to come by, meaning porno films. It's special. He's like, special, according special. to everyone on the street, Velvet will do borderline shit for the right price. Borderline? So, I mean, wouldn't that just be he does anything, anything for money? Yeah. Okay. Nick Cage is like, I got to go to New York, but I need you to come with me so you can get me a meeting with him. So they go to New York. Welcome to New York. The sex industry is waiting for you. Welcome to New York. Welcome to that? this Taylor Swift. You know what I'm saying? In New York. Okay, you're an idiot. So sex slaves get fucking trafficked. Max gets his hands on Dino Velvet sex tapes, and he's like, "You have to watch these so you know his work. Because if you don't know his work, and we go into a meeting, he's gonna tell right away that you're how, a fraud." How did he get his tapes? Max is in the underground sex world. It's not hard he's for him. He's that deep, deep? I yeah. mean, he's been searching for snuff shit this whole time, and all of a sudden, Max is like, yo, I've been having this in my asshole. I'm gonna whip it out for you now. Don't shit on Joaquin Phoenix, okay? Like, his character is important, But okay? that doesn't make sense. He's Does in he the say... underground sex world. He has connections. Yes, he can get the hit. And then he's like, he yo, says, I need, like, snuff, 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 snuff yeah. films. He's like, no, he just needs, you know, velvet tapes. He's like, it's not gonna be easy, but I'll try to get my hands on it. And he does. Okay. All right. Fine. You didn't say that, so oh, you know Christ. I need to criticize. I didn't know how to fucking spell it out like Sesame Street. So that is very important. Well, you know that I'm crazy about them I details. Do you don't pay attention to names when you're like details? <laughs> how the fuck did he get the tapes? <laughs> Wells calls the widow and she tells him that they had six bank accounts, her and her husband, and some checks had been written that were ac- accumulated to a million dollars that she doesn't recognize. So he's like, listen, I'm going to need an advance of $50,000. I'll tell you what it's for later, but I'm on a hot tip that's getting me closer to the answer to all this. You know what? At this point, that's too little. Wells is watching Velvet's films, and he sees one man who has the same pentagram on their hand. And he says to Max, do you know who this is? And Max is like, according to my sources, (laughs) he calls himself the machine. He calls himself the diddler. This is at night. They're watching the tapes, gearing up for their meeting tomorrow. Okay. They're doing flashcards in the hotel room. (laughs) Dick. Dick. Death. Dick. Death. They're in the machete. They're in the meatpacking district. Of course. (laughs) That's where Velvet's office is. That's where all the crazy shit happens in New York. (laughs) I don't. All right, whatever. Max is like, my connection from L.A. got me his information, and that's how I was able to set up a meeting with him. Okay. They go in. They sit down. Dino Velvet is played by Peter Stromer. Which is? The guy who I told you if you saw his face, you would recognize him, but I can't tell you what he's been in. Yes. Okay. They tell him, like, Nick Cage is talking the whole time. He's like, I want to commission a film from you because you are the best of the best. They say he's a genius, and it would be an honor to have him make a film for them. They say that they love his films. And he's like, which film? Which of my films is your favorite? Tell me specifically. And Do Max they know the is names? Like, Max is like, well, Choke is one of your best, but I think Devil surpasses By that. By Chuck Palachniak. 
<laughs> Palinok. Choking Devil. Those are his films, okay? <laughs> okay. Wells says that he only wants two stipulations, and he's like, name them. He's like, I want to be on set to watch the movie being made, and I want Machine to be in the film. Which is the dude with the pentagram. So it's understood that he wants a real snuff film being made. I want you to know that this Peter man was in this shit show that I love to watch about a sheriff in the middle of Bumblefuck. It's called Longmire. I hate you. It's on Netflix. So (laughs) he hated when I watched it. He's like, why the fuck are you watching this trash? So after they are done waxing Peter Stromer's dick, which by the way, his character is off the rails. He is wearing a fucking robe. He is smoking, he's weird and creepy, which I guess makes sense, but he, I mean, that's a very he has the big weirdest, character that he plays. He has the weirdest accent I've ever heard. I have no idea where he's from. He uh, uh, finally agrees to do this movie for them. He's like, here's- Well, they want to commission him yes, for a snuff that, that, film? They said that. I said that to you. I I know. You're not piss paying brain. They're like, we'll give you 5000 now. Or twenty five thousand now, and we'll give you another twenty. I fucking don't That's remember. Big that is, I think it's five thousand. I don't know. So he tells Nick Cage. He tells Nick. He tells Nick Cage. Wells, I'll do the movie for you. And then they're like standing to get ready to leave, and he's like, "You're so pretty. <laughs> Can I take a photo of you from my collection?" And he's like, "No." Does he turn into the fucking guy? I'm too sexy. For no, my he shit. doesn't. <laughs> So they leave and they go to a bar and Wells tells Max, you need to go back home. I'm going to give you more money for being here and helping me. Here's enough money for a plane ticket, but you need to get out of here. Before shit goes down. And Max is like, what are you talking about? You know, we're about to finally like bust this fucking thing wide open. He's into it. I want to be here for it. Yeah, Yeah. because. All right. So I had an argument with my husband about this. The (laughs) fact that he's reading in in cold blood. And the fact that Max is reading that book in this sex shop, it shows that, like, he has a mind for for investigation and, like, yeah, solving mysteries. And that's why Nick Cage is like, you're smarter than this. Why are you working here? You could be doing so much more for your time. Okay. So he tells him, no, it's getting too dangerous. You need to go home. And he's like, no, I want to be here. And he's like, absolutely not. So he gives him money and he's like, listen, you need to leave. The case is finished. I'm going to take it from here. Max knows... That they made a real snuff film, obviously, and that they're going to make another snuff film for them and knows that he's trying to find out who killed this girl or where this girl is, right? Are they trying to also figure this out before they make the next snuff film? Well, the thing is, is that Nick Cage never told him that he was looking into who made this snuff film and was it real? Who's the girl? Yeah, but Max is like, listen, I'm not stupid. I know what's going on here. So he's like, listen, you're smart. And I definitely could use you for help again in future cases, but you need to take a step back because this is getting too serious. They leave. He says goodbye. It's the next day, and Nicholas Cage shows up to some docks. Now, he's in New York, and this really was, I think, shot in New York. Yes, the Navy Yards in Brooklyn. Okay. This is where the scene is shot. He goes to this, like, warehouse that's, like, broken down and dirty in this area i mean everything at that time was broken down and dirty the set is put together there's a bed in the middle of this warehouse it looks like the scene from the yeah and there's a table with weapons the machine is there dino's there dino has a fucking crossbow and he's shooting it 
like at Target's in this warehouse. Well, sees Machine and he's like, hello, I love your work. To, to Machine. Okay. He asks where are the women because nobody else is there. Is Machine wearing his leather yes, mask? Yes, yes. He's don't always see his... in character. Yeah. He's a method actor. Yeah, he's a method actor. <laughs> he's like, where are the women? And Dino says, they're always late. <laughs> you know women. <laughs> okay. Dino's like, my guests have, haven't arrived yet. And he tells Wells, like, listen, remove any guns that you might have on you. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't have any guns. I know that you have one shoved up your Machine ass. comes over and puts a knife to his throat. And this is when a car comes into the warehouse and Eddie steps out of the car. James Gandolfini. Okay. So Eddie says, that's him. That's the guy. And Dino says, cuff him to the bed. Oh, so they no. take Nicolas Cage and they handcuff him to that bed that's in the middle of the warehouse. So now oh, it's no. Eddie, Dino, the machine, and or just machine, and oh, no. Nicolas Cage. Eddie goes over and starts beating the shit out of him on the ground that he's now cuffed to. And Ed. Dino says... Lo and behold, our business acquaintance explained everything to us. And who is the business acquaintance? It's the widow's lawyer from the beginning of the film. What? He gets out of the car that Eddie got out of. What? Was he even that prevalent in the beginning of the movie for it to be a crazy twist? Other than that first scene, no. You wouldn't know. That's fucking stupid. So they take Nick Cage's wallet and they pull out photos of his wife and daughter. And they're like... Well, that's fucking stupid. They're like, listen, we want the tape. We know you have it. We want it back. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to kill him. And this is when a wall opens up or like a sheet comes up and it's Max tied to a wall. Like, his hands and feet are, like, tied to, like, a, a post. Is the tape that they have the only tape? Yes, because it's, that's the thing. He went to a film company, and they're like, this film was made not to be re Distributed. Yeah, yeah, distributed. Also, Dino has a photo of his wife and kid, and he's like, we're going to kill Max, and then we're going to kill your family. And he crumples the photo up of his wife and kid and eats it. <laughs> they are in me now. Max? But, <laughs> yeah. I- so the dead husband was purposefully saving this movie for himself? He wanted a snuff film, and he asked his lawyer to help him find somebody who would commission the film. Why the fuck, of all people? So. <laughs> would you ask your lawyer? Okay. By the way, Max is beaten up. Like, he's tied to this fucking wall. He's, like, he's bruised and, and shit. Like that. Okay. Yeah. So they say, if you don't give us the tape, we're going to kill him. We're going to fuck him, and then we're going to film it. <laughs> and then Dino says, and then after that, we're going to go after your family. And, and that's when he same. eats the photo. Yeah. <laughs> they tell the lawyer, take him outside, go get the tape. So this is when the Max. lawyer has a gun. No, Nick Cage. They uncuff okay. him. The lawyer has a gun. He's pointing at Nick Cage. He's like, let's go. Let's go get the tape. So, But isn't the tape in L.A.? No. He's always had the tape on him. They're... They're in Manhattan now. He has the tape with him. Nick Cage does. Okay. That's stupid. So the lawyer says, yeah, I'm party to all this. Obviously, you know now. And I never expected you to get this far with the case. But I underestimated you and your abilities when we hired you. Listen, I didn't expect you to have one Uno card left at the end of this game. (laughs) He's like, Mr. Christensen asked me to get him a snuff film. But because snuff films aren't real... We had to pay wink, somebody. Wink. We had to pay somebody, Dino, to make one. So we had to find a girl 
and kill her in the film. That is the dumbest shit I have ever heard. There's no fucking way that snuff films didn't exist at that point. I feel like the second a camera came out, they were like, yo, we can kill somebody and fucking take pictures of it. Nick Cage they is like- took, what the fuck were they called? They took, like the when the first camera came out, they took photos with dead people. I know. To memorize them. I don't think that's as bad as a snuff film, but... Well, no shit, but I'm saying death involved in Fuck photography. You. Yeah. He's, like, walking to his car with the gun pointed at him, and he's like, Did you watch the film with Mr. Christensen? Did Did you hold his hand and his cock? Did you give him a hand job while you watched it together? Yes, yes I did. He jerked me off, and I jerked him off. He's like, Why did he want a film of a girl being butchered? And the lawyer says, Because he could. I'm rich. I'm bored. <laughs> So he pulls, <laughs> he pulls the tape out of his trunk, but he also pulls a blade out that he had hidden under the tire. Why didn't he pull the gun out? Didn't he have the I, gun I hidden under the tire? I don't know why he didn't pull the gun out. But he stabs him, and they fight over the gun, and he gets it, and he kills him. I'm not sure if that's how it happened, but I didn't write it down, so we're going to say that's how it happened. So okay. He goes back. No, he doesn't kill the lawyer. He puts a knife. Fuck it. I don't know. He goes back, and he says... I'll give you the tape. I have it here, but let Max go. And they're like, very well. And Machine goes over to Max, and he slits his throat. Eddie starts beating the shit out of Wells again. Oh, no. Because they get him again. And he grabs the tape, and this is when they start burning it. They handcuff him back to the bed, and (laughs) Nick Cage tells them, Ha, 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 that wasn't actually the tape. So I was wrong. He didn't kill the lawyer. He just got him in a, in a position where he was able to go back there and he's like, I got the tape, blah, blah, blah. Did he throw him in the trunk or some shit? No. But Nick Cage tells all of them, hey, listen, the lawyer got paid a million dollars for getting the snuff tape for his boss. How much did you guys get paid for it? And they're like, not that fucking much. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> he only what gave the me fuck? five dollars. <laughs> Dino and Eddie didn't get paid anywhere near that much to make this snuff yeah, film. Yeah, no shit. So he did this on purpose to make them paranoid, so that they would be pissed at each other. What? Nick Cage told all of them, like, "Hey, he got paid a million dollars for getting the snuff uh-huh. film made. How much did you guys get paid?" Okay. On but purpose. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know really how much he got paid. He's he just saying it. that. Now they're at each other's throats because Eddie's like. I didn't get paid that fucking much. How much did you get paid? And Dino's like, not that much. I don't know where he's from. But <laughs> not he's that like, more. He's European of some sort. He's like, not that much. So now they're like pointing their weapons at the lawyer. And he's like, what the fuck? They're pissed. And Eddie's like, what the fuck is happening? And Dino's like, Longdale fucked us. That's what happened. That's the name of the lawyer, Longdale. But I didn't care. So. Long dick. They start cornering him. The three of them start picking up weapons. And now they have no trust. They're like pointing weapons at each other. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nick Cage is trying to get loose from the bed. <laughs> He's like, hee hee hee. My plan is working. The lawyer tells Dino, drop the crossbow. And he's like, fine. And he puts it down, but he swings it up in a motion where he fires it and he shoots the lawyer in the chest. Good aim. But right before he goes down, the lawyer shoots his gun at Dino and shoots him in the chest. Okay. He tells Machine and Eddie, you get what you give. <laughs> he tells Machine and Ellie, kill Ellie. He tells Machine and Eddie, kill them all. Who so, says this? Dino, the porn producer of the snuff film. Peter Stromer. Why? Because he shot the lawyer. The lawyer shot back. Now he's dying because he got shot in the chest. And he's like, kill them all. 
he regrets doing this film? No, he's just like, I'm dying now. There's no Fuck fucking them. point. Just kill everybody. Okay. <laughs> what the f- All right. Nick Cage drops some shit on the table that has all the weapons. Like, he's trying to get a weapon, but he makes too much noise. And Eddie and Machine run over to him because they realize now he's loose. But he punches Eddie, and then he stabs Machine in the gut. And Eddie runs for the gun that was dropped by the lawyer as he died, as he fell to his death. Mm -hmm. It's under the car, though, so he's struggling to get it. And Nick Cage grabs his gun, like, that he took off earlier. Is bolted to the floor? I don't know. But he stops Eddie from getting his gun, and he tells Machine, take off your mask. He's, like, screaming in his I own voice. I want to know who you were. Take off your mask. Like, he's screaming in his Nick Cage voice, yeah. Is it the dead husband? No. Okay. He shoots the gun at the chain that he is chained to the bed. Mm-hmm. To free with himself. With the only bullet that he has. Of course. Eddie starts shooting after him, and they start, like, chasing each other out of the warehouse, and he... He gets away. So Machine is still alive. Yes. Nick Cage gets into his car. Eddie's shooting at him from a distance. He drives away. He's driving far away from this place, and he picks up the phone in the car, and he calls his wife, and he's like, get out of the house. I want you to go to the place where we spent 4th of July last year. He's like, just do what I say. Don't ask questions. I'll explain when I get there. She's freaking out. She's like, what the hell's happening? He's like, I can't explain right now. Okay. Then he hangs up the phone, and he calls the widow, and he tells her everything. He says, your lawyer was in on it. Your husband had money put in to make this snuff film. They killed this girl. It was a personal request. Most importantly, you know that the girl is no longer alive and your lawyer was in on it. And by the way, he's dead. So he says he has to go to the police. He drives now to the place where he, he told his wife to go to, which is some cabins like really far away in Pennsylvania, I think. He's bleeding. He shows up to the door. She's staying in this cabin. They're both crying, and they're like, oh, what the hell happened, blah, blah, blah. She starts yelling at him, tell me what's going on. Tell me the fucking truth. I want to know what's happening. And he starts apologizing, and he tells her they have to stay there for a few days because they're not safe, but he'll protect them. But by the way, he has to leave. He has to go back. And she's like, well, if you come back, I might not be here. And he's like, please be here. Like, I got nothing else. So what the He's got to go to the widow's house because she's the only witness to all this shit. He pulls up to her mansion. She did. The butler says she left instructions for you, but she killed herself. There's one envelope that goes to Mary's family, which is her mother, Janet. And the second envelope was left for him. Why did she kill herself? Because she's disgusted by the fact that the person she loved for over like 30 years lied and had this secret life. Don't try to figure it out. So, okay. Two envelopes. One for Janet. Except the stupid shit. Two envelopes, one for Janet, one One. for him. Okay. And they're like, by the way, if you want to come to the funeral, you can't be YOB. So. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pull one out for them, though. (laughs) He's got to go back to North Carolina to give Janet the envelope. His wife can't put a stamp on that shit? No. And he he goes back to the cabin to tell his wife, I got to go to North Carolina. And she's like, again, I might not be here. He gives his wife an envelope of money. He's like, I love you. This is for Ella. If your man's. He would never. Told you. Yeah. Yo, bitch. (laughs) Okay, in this world where my husband calls me bitch, sure. He's like, you need to stay here. Don't leave. I'll be back. I don't know when. Would you? I would fucking follow him. There's no way in hell I would let him go anywhere without me. Okay. I'm too drunk to ask more questions. He's too precious. I couldn't let anything happen to him. (laughs) 
after he goes to North Carolina to give the envelope to Janet, he's like, I got to go back to L.A. I got to finish this shit. So Does this guy have fucking... That, that's where the movie should have ended. It should have ended after the warehouse when they found out what the fuck happened. But of course it doesn't. There's another half an hour of this shit. Does he have, like, miles on his credit card that he's doing all these flights back and forth? How much did fucking flights cost? A quarter? <laughs> Are you on crack? <laughs> so he goes back to L.A. to find Eddie. He goes back to the abandoned house where they were making that porn film that he was watching from the bushes. And Eddie is packing up a car, like, really quickly. Like, he's got to get out of Dodge. And Nick Cage comes up behind him and starts just beating the shit out of him. He says, oh, it doesn't feel good, does it? You don't like it, do you? When someone's fucking beating the fuck out of you while you're on the ground. And he puts a gun to his head and he's like, who is Machine? And he's like, I don't know who Machine is. Nobody does. He doesn't tell anybody his identity. And he's always wearing that fucking mask. (laughs) It's glued to his face. He says... I don't know where he lives. Nothing. So he tells Eddie, all right, get in the car. You're going to show me where you killed Marianne. So they drive out somewhere in L.A. to this other industrial abandoned place. Eddie brings him there and he's like, we lied to her and we told her that she was going to be famous. She was going to be in a movie that was going to make her famous. You're going to be a star. And then Dino and Machine flew out to L.A. and they had their little party. He says, you saw the film. You know how it ended. Eddie talks about watching her being killed and how it did make her sick, but he never saw anything like that done before. But despite that, it made him sick. Despite watching it, he didn't give a fuck. Money's money. That's all that mattered to him. So Nick Cage is like beating the fuck out of him, and they're still talking, and he's like, what are you going to do? You put that gun in my mouth? You going to kill me? Kill me, cocksucker. Do it. Pull the trigger. But Nick Cage can't. He has too much heart. Would you? Would I? Fuck yeah. (laughs) Eddie says, I needed the money. Wait, hold on. I got a question. For you. Would you first, like, shoot him in the shoulder and then put the oh, gun in his yeah, mouth? Oh, yeah, I would torture the fuck oh, yeah. out of him. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Eddie's like, I needed the money, and we buried her body somewhere in the woods, and you'll never fucking find her. So that's all. Pennsylvania's a big state. <laughs> no, they're in L.A. They killed her in L.A., and they buried oh. her in L.A. Okay. It's somewhere in California, at least. Got it. So Nick Cage ties his throat and hands to, like, the post of a wall in this industrial fucking dilapidated building. Okay. And he tells him, I'm going to kill you, Eddie, and then I'm going to leave you here just like you left her. And he starts taunting him, and he starts, Eddie's, like, licking the gun, like, kill me. Fucking do it. Kill me. Put the gun in my mouth and shoot me. And Nick Cage is, like, disgusted. So he walks away. He leaves this industrial area. He takes the phone out of his car, and he calls Janet. And he's crying, and she's like, what's wrong? And he says, remember when I asked you if you wanted to know the truth no matter what? He's like, some men took your daughter and raped her and murdered her, and they buried her body, so just give me permission to hurt them, and I will. And she's crying, she's sobbing, and she's like, yes, do it. Why the fuck you crying? (laughs) Why you always crying? She's like, kill them. So he goes back in, and he just starts beating the fuck out of Eddie with his gun. Because when he puts his gun to his head, he's like, you're not going to kill me with your own gun. Is he, you, like, they'll match the bullets. Him? He's like beating him with the butt of it in the okay. head. He's like, you're not going to kill me with your own gun because they'll match the bullets and they'll find you real quick and you're not going to do that. So that's why he's beating him with the gun instead of shooting him in the head. All right. Then he lights the house on fire or the building. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> and he throws all the photos and porn tapes and negatives in there and just like douses gasoline on it. Dude, that book. (laughs) 
He gets on a plane and he's just staring into space and he starts calling hospitals in New York asking if they had a patient in the last week who came in with a knife wound to the gut. So finally, one of the hospitals confirms like, yes, we had a man come in who had a wound similar to what you're saying. He pretends he's a cop. He pretends he's a cop. Okay, because I was going to say HIPAA. And they're like... His name is George Anthony Higgins. His mother lives in Douglaston, and that's the address he gave us when he checked into the ER. Everything leads back to Queens. (laughs) That's not a lie. (laughs) He is now in someone's backyard watching into this person's house, and he sees a man with an older woman, and you can hear their conversation, even though obviously you wouldn't be able to hear that from a backyard. For the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I wish you would come to church with me, George. I wish I, I miss when you would come to church with me. And he's like, I love you, mother, and kisses her on the head. You're so stupid. <laughs> so his mother leaves her church because the church bus pulls up. It's like, you know, bopping. Yeah. The old people church bus. Yo, I let us know. Do y'all have a bus that picks up the old people in your neighborhood so they can go to the conce- the casino and gamble away their social security check <laughs> and then drop them back off at the shopping center? Oh, God. His mom leaves and Nicolas Cage's character is just putting on like fucking black leather gloves. He breaks into their house through the basement window and you can hear like a sex tape in the background upstairs. Like Some hardcore ee. industrial ee. sound and like, yeah. Okay. And screams? Yeah. He gets upstairs, and there's a room with posters all over it, and there's posters of Danzig. Do you know who Danzig is? No. He is the lead singer of The Misfits, a hardcore punk band from the 80s. I'm sure you've heard their music. Yeah, no, I know The Misfits, but that's so random. Well, I mean, he's into S&M, hardcore shit. He's definitely the poster child for, like, have you never seen the episode of Aqua Teen where he's a special guest and there's this fucking chicken robot that's, like, Santa Ape is the lord and savior, and they tell Carl, like, you have to give yourself to Santa Ape, otherwise he's going to stay in your house forever and, like, control it, and he's like, okay, how I do that? And he's like, you must give himself, yourself to him sexually and he's like oh, okay so he moves out so then danzig moves in and he's like that fucking chicken robot fucking told me he was gonna make the blood fucking fall out of the fucking walls and you tell tell that fucking guy if he doesn't get over my fucking house i'm gonna fucking kill him and then he comes out because he's staying with shake and and frylock and he's like that guy is crazy <laughs> it was too much of a tangent but jesus i love that episode anyway it but uh, in real life the guy from misfits yeah is like, yo, S&M is my shit. He's just in the punk world. You have to understand, like, they all connect. <sighs> it's, it's all intertwined. That is a big assumption. I mean, they have a song that goes, I got something to say, I raped your mother today. And then the next line of the next verse is like, I killed a baby today. Like, yes. Okay, I have nothing to say. I had a thought, but I don't remember my thought. It's gone. The alcohol so, has washed it away. Posters of Danzig whatever he's going through the house looking for machine and when he thinks he's checked every room all of a sudden machine jumps out with a knife surprise motherfucker and his mask on and he tries to stab nicholas cage did he see his face when he was talking to his mama he couldn't make it out clear enough no so they're fighting and tussling in the hallway of the house and then all of a sudden machine pushes nick cage out of a two-story window And he falls out of this window in the front yard of the house. And then the machine decides, I'm going to do that. And jumps. He gets on. Okay. I am Spider-Man. 
he climbs onto the roof to go after him and falls off. I don't know I, why. I, he, he climbs he, out of his broken window. He does window. that wrestling move when you go up on the ropes and then jump off and elbow the guy. <laughs> so now they're both on the ground. Nick Cage starts running, and there's a graveyard next to this guy's house. And this is where they end up. They end up in the graveyard. This is my personal graveyard. All the women that I've killed, they live here forever. Wells grabs a tin can off of a grave next to him as Machine is trying to talk to him is that while choking Jewish thing him. Too? No, how dare you. <laughs> Machine is telling him about the joy of killing someone, and he's like, I didn't have a bad childhood. Nobody touched me. My dad was in my life. My mom was a loving mother. I just like doing the things that I do, in case you want to know why I did it. I just rolled my eyes so hard, my head hurt. He says, you'll never know the joy of watching someone's face as you kill them. And he's <laughs> I'm like, about to, motherfucker. He's like, can you feel how hard I am right now? Oh, God. What? Are they grinding on each other? And they're on top of each other. He's choking Nicolas Cage. And then Nicolas oh, Cage God. stabs Yo. him with that tin can. I think. I don't know. It was dark. With with the lid of it. <laughs> just <laughs> Nick Cage gets up and he aims his gun at him, oh, which... He retrieved somehow, and he starts telling, Machine starts telling Nick Cage, I'm not a monster. I'm not, I wasn't, this is when he's giving the same fucking speech. I'm so drunk, I can't even fucking deal with this. That speech I said, no. Machine Gun Kelly. No, shut up. (laughs) There's nothing to it. I'm just the way that I am for the way that I want to be. And that's when he throws a knife at Nicolas Cage, and it lands inside him. (laughs) And he's like, the things I do, I do them because... (laughs) (laughs) i've never heard (laughs) anyone explain you know what i mean someone getting stuck in his body knife thrown at them it went inside you know what or it landed inside (laughs) you know what the fuck i mean i know but it's so good (laughs) it's like an airplane but it's a knife in my body. They're fighting, and Nick Cage pulls the knife out of himself and then stabs the machine with it. <laughs> so he stabs him inside of him. You stab And then <laughs> you got inside of me, I got inside of you. You see him. It's raining, by the way. I didn't mention that. It's like fucking heavy rain, and it's dark. <laughs> Is this heavy rain? Yes. <laughs> now, what? <laughs> the game? I don't know that game. He, he hobbles out of the graveyard. You see him in a car. He pulls up to the emergency room parking lot and just falls out of the car and people rush over to him to like you know help him oh no he goes home and he sees his daughter and he picks her up like for the first time and he starts crying and his wife comes in and he's fucking sobbing at this point and he starts saying save me wait hold on he got stabbed then he stabbed machine yeah and then he fatally he stabbed machine fatally did he take the mask off Yes, sorry, he did. Who is he? You know what? I'll say I was gonna say this for trivia, but whoever the guy is who plays Machine, he was in Face Off. I just don't know what part he played. The baby's crying. He's crying. He's like, "Save me!" His wife is like hugging Lick him. Lick my tears. Yeah. Next day, he's raking them leaves again, and he checks the mail, and this is where he sees that there's a note for him from Janet, and it's thanking him for all that he's done and helping her figure out what happened to her daughter. He looks up at the window to his house. And he sees Amy, his wife, holding the baby, and he smiles, and the movie ends. Thank God. 
Are you ready for the trivia? Always. Hit the, me. The actress named Jenny Powell, who plays the character of Marianne, was the originally did. Yeah. Was originally a stripper hired to act as a stand-in, but Joel Schumacher gave her the part of the victim on 8mm because she she had a suitably haunted look about her, which is just fucking sad. He's like, "Yo, you look like a broken stripper. You I need a broken child." Through a little too much shit. You're perfect. Yeah, that is fucked. Russell Crowe was signed on to the film first. But then Nicolas Cage's agent told Schumacher that Nicolas Cage wanted to do the film. (laughs) Schumacher then contacted John Calley at Sony and told him, we can do the film with Russell Crowe as a low-budget, dirty-handled camera thriller or a much bigger film with Nicolas Cage. So they picked Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage was the bigger star at the moment. Yeah. Actually... You know, I don't know because I don't know when Gladiator came out, which was... I don't know when Gladiator came out, which was his big breakout role. But I feel like it was either... If it wasn't late 90s, yeah, it might have been early 2000s. The location of the final battle scene between Nicolas Cage and Machine was a great place to shoot, according to Joel Schumacher, because the neighbors and owners of the house were very hospitable. In turn, Joel Schumacher gave them signed posters of his Batman movies and T-shirts and assorted <laughs> gifts for their hospitality. He gave them a fruit basket. He's like, here's some tchotchke bullshit. Thank you for letting me shoot in your neighborhood. Oh, my God. Gladiator came out in 2000. Cool. That was just a year before this, so thank God he didn't do this, honestly. But Russell Crowe did beat a woman in the face of the phone, so I don't care. He did the Naomi Campbell. Joel Schumacher changed parts of the script due to the production asking him to lighten the tone. Andrew Walker did not want to do this, and when it was done behind his back, the two of them fought and had a falling out. Oh, that's funny that you mentioned that. Walker walked off set and never watched the film. The opening scene for face off john woo wanted to make it way more gruesome but whoever the distribution company was they're like no they wanted him to cut that whole scene from the beginning because like yo child dying too much after nicholas cage calls james gandolfini and tells him he knows about the murdered girl james gandolfini uses the telephone to call dino velvet there are 13 beeps that you hear and then nicholas cage replays it and there's only 12 Point is, telephone numbers, even with the one in the area code, only have 11 numbers. <laughs> okay. Mary- it's like they left the coffee cup from Starbucks. No, that's different. They don't know how many beeps a phone needs to dial to call a number. <laughs> that's too little. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Marianne's mother is named Janet. At the end, when Nicolas Cage is reading the note she wrote, she misspells her own name as J-A-N-E-N-T. Janet? Not Janet. Joel Schumacher spotted a house on a dead-end street next to a cemetery next to the Long Island Expressway and thought it was the perfect location for Machine's house. Sounds about right. The L-I-E. All right. This trivia fact, don't ask me. Just don't. The enema porn film scene at the porn swap meet is a genuine S&M film that was heavily edited for inclusion in the main movie. Enema? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> Enema. Enema. The film was originally rated NC-17 and took around four My. or five edits to get it down to an R-rating film. Fucking forehead. So it could play in theaters? Yes. It could still play in theaters with NC-17, but the amount of restrictions they would have... 
like it would be less people going to see it. Because what, rated R is 13 or 14? No. Back then, rated R was you needed somebody 17 years or older to go see it. NC-17 meant that you could not be younger than 17 to see the film, even if you had somebody older than 17 to take you to see it. Okay. The film was... (laughs) Oh, sorry. You know what? We're cool with the fucked up parents (laughs) bringing the kids to this movie. The film was originally scheduled by Sony for a Christmas 1998 release. (laughs) What, uh... Was it a movie that I did? I don't remember. There's another movie that came out on Christmas and it fucking bombed in theaters. (laughs) Because it's totally a fucked up movie and they're like, this is not Christmas spirit. (laughs) Eric Roberts, Tommy Lee Jones, Charles Dance, James Woods, Willem Dafoe, and Rutger Hauer were considered for the role of porn producer Dino Velvet. Willem Dafoe would be fucking hilarious. Um, so would Eric Roberts. That's the dude from those doctor movies we spammed in, in Cardiff. <laughs> that would be a whole different fucking it movie. <laughs> Bruce Willis turned down the leading role. The film's original title was Sexy World. <laughs> That's so bad. What the fuck? Val Kilmer, Charlie Sheen, John Travolta, Mel Gibson, and Nick Nolte were considered for the leading role. William Friedkin and Paul Verhoeven were considered to direct this film. Who is... William Friedkin made The Exorcist, and Paul Verhoeven directed Showgirls. Again, that would be such a fucking different movie. And then last trivia fact, Nicolas Cage and Chris Bauer, who played Machine, previously starred together in Face Off in 1997. Who the fuck is Chris Bauer? He's Debov in Face Off. Debov? Who the fuck... Oh, you, he plays big guy. Oh, he plays big guy. Good good to know. And here's the last thing I want to leave you with. This is the best review I saw on Letterboxd for 8mm. Okay. It's by somebody named Patrick Williams. Hope you don't mind me shouting you out, but I feel like it's needed because this is great. He said, I'm here for Peter Stromare as a demonic porn producer with a crossbow. <laughs> Which really sums up everything you need to know about this film. And that's 8mm. Wow. I'm too drunk, so good to know for everyone. That was a lot. It was, wasn't it? My head hurts. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed. Always. Have a good night. I hope you're not as fucked up as we are. Don't buy a snuff film. Don't do it. Bye. Bye. Bye.